Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I'll be talking with Eden about her two birth stories. She has a daughter named Nellie and a son named Waylon. They both have quite different birth stories, so you'll hear a very big contrast between the two, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Eden. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jordan. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? So, obviously, my name's Eden. Um, I'm married to Connor. He's an Irishman that I met here in New Zealand six Nearly, yeah, just about six years ago. Um, we have two children, Nellie, who's two years and a couple of months, and Waylon, who's um, just gone 10 weeks this morning. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys the first time around? Um, so we'd been over to Ireland to meet Connor's family and then um, gotten engaged and had planned a long engagement and the following year we went back again to Ireland um, in New Zealand winter there summer. And Connor started talking about having kids and he'd really dragged us. He was about getting engaged. So I was surprised that he talked about wanting kids, <laughs> but, um, he loves them. So it didn't really surprise me too much that he wanted them, just that he wanted them so quick. And so we said we would go home and I would, um, get rid of my ID and we would just not prevent anything, but not be actively tracking or trying up yeah. until December of that year and then we would stop because I didn't want to be a pregnant bride <laughs> and <laughs> I went and got my IUD out in August and a uh, day before New Year's Eve I, I knew the day after I got pregnant that I was pregnant I had this crazy feeling and um, I took a couple of tests and I rang my sister and she squealed a lot and then bought me another test out when she came to visit the next day and we were pregnant with Nellie. Amazing. And how soon do you think after conception did you take the test and it showed as positive? I waited until I had missed my period, but I was only like one day past it. And my periods have always been bang on the same yeah. um, 28 day cycle every time. Very lucky in that respect. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you tell your partner? So we worked up on, um, we we're farmers um, and he was up on a high country station at the time. And I put the two little sticks um, in a piece of paper and wrote him a wee note and addressed it to him and put it on the bench. <laughs> and he normally never checks the mail on the bench. He just ignores yeah. it. But this day, <laughs> he decides to come in and open it. So I didn't even get to see his face open it. And he came out and he's like, what the hell does two lines mean? What is, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and so oh, I explained cool. it to him and... 
And we were kind of like, oh, God, like we didn't expect it to happen this quick. We were obviously happy and a little bit scared and <laughs> a whole mixture of emotions. Yeah, awesome. And did you have any early pregnancy symptoms at that stage or sort of over the next few months? Oh, as soon as I hit um, five weeks, I started getting nauseous. I, I get really sensitive to smells. Um, in my pregnancy, garlic, ginger, anything strong smelling, the smelling of cooking meat. Um, and I, then I started getting morning sickness. So I was, yeah, sick around the clock and the exhaustion yeah. is real in the first trimester. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah. And did you find that the morning sickness continued throughout your whole pregnancy or did it sort of subside at some stage? Um, it eased off about 20 weeks with Nellie. I did throw up on the odd occasion, um, right through the pregnancy, but Pregnancy makes me really congested. It's a weird symptom to get. Apparently it's normal. And um, that would often make me feel a bit sick first thing. But um, once I got past 20 weeks, my pregnancy was pretty easy. Yeah, awesome. And did you find out that you were having a boy or a girl before they were born? Yes, with Nellie we did. Um, Yeah, we went for the 20-week scan. I had convinced myself that I was having a boy because I desperately wanted a girl. Um, yeah. and so I cried when the lady was like, you know, there's three lines. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and yeah, she said it was a girl and Connor, Connor was a bit bummed at the start that it wasn't a boy, but it took him all of like two days before he was just so excited to have daddy's little girl. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're best friends. It's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. And did you have a plan of where you wanted to deliver? Did you want to go through the hospital or birth center or what was your sort of thoughts there? Um, I wanted the birth centre. Um, we are um, in Mayfield, which is about an hour and a half from Christchurch Hospital. So the closest birth centre is East Burton, and it's lovely. And my midwife was based out of there. And I'm a bit of a bit of a dork, so as soon as I got pregnant, I was on Google, googling everything, <laughs> and I knew that the way to get the least interventions was to be away from the hospital. So that that was my plan. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or birth classes before labour? Yes, yeah. We have um, one provided through the hospital in Ashburton. So we went to that. They just did a full weekend course. Um, For me, I learned a bit about what the hormones do during labour and all that kind of thing Um, and about how breastfeeding works, which was really handy for me. Uh, It was more really good for Connor because he is from Ireland where they sort of, not that the men are not involved, but it's quite hospitalized, the births and they're not as, yeah. um, you know, the same as we are here where, you know, we aim for intervention free here, whereas over there they're straight to the intervention. So it was good for him <laughs> yeah. to know all those things. So it didn't freak him out when I was in labor and he was better able to advocate for me when things didn't go so great. Yeah. Awesome. And did you end up going into labor naturally? Do you want to take us through that? No, I tried everything. Like <laughs> me sitting, I, I got to 41 weeks and five days and they induced me. But yeah. before that, um, I'd had a growth scan. They were saying Nelly was going to be big. Um, and I had done everything, the nipple stimulation, lots of sex, um, yeah. Yeah, hot, hot curries, all the pills, acupuncture, everything. Um, I had five stretch and sweeps and nothing was moving, that little <laughs> madam. She was well cozy in there. 
I was three centimeters yeah. for about three or four weeks before I had her, and I still didn't go into labor on my own. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> She's stubborn. Yeah. She still is. She must be. <laughs> yeah. And so you ended up getting induced. Do you want to take us through that and then into your birth story? Yeah. So um, I hadn't wanted to be induced, but she was getting big and I really trust my midwife. So as much as I didn't want to, it was, it was her advice that maybe we should go in and uh, look at doing it. So I went in knowing that it could take five days to be induced. So I had this massive duffel bag full of snacks <laughs> and we were put in this room with all these other beds and luckily there was no one else in there on Thursday night. And so they did another stretch and sweep. Um, they did a VE and said that I was yeah, three centimetres. Um, she was really low, so they just did the Cervidil gel. And uh, we ordered Hell's Pizza, got it delivered to the hospital, so I had my last supper. <laughs> and yeah. um, much to my surprise, I started getting tightening pretty much straight away. And through the night, they just got worse and worse. We didn't have a great experience with the staff at the hospital because um, your midwife doesn't come in until you're in established labour. So through the night, my labour was getting worse and worse and worse, and I was getting in more pain. I had on my birth plan, I didn't want pain relief, but um, there was so many changes of shift and they were all telling me I needed to take some pain relief. And eventually I begged them to check me in the morning because I'd spent like an hour and a half in the shower and I was crying with the pain. And they said, oh, yeah, no, you're in labor. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll take you down to a birth room now. Um, so I was three centimeters fully effaced by the time they, you know, got everything together, got me down to a birth room, they checked me and they were planning to break my waters and I'd gone to seven centimeters and half an hour to the surprise of everyone. So then they gave me some gas and from there it was, it's sort of a blur. The gas worked really well. The first time we rang my sister who was, um, planning to be at the labor. So she raced in through it threw her son through the door at daycare and bolted to come to the hospital. She was so excited. She was, um, I think, 32, 33 weeks pregnant at the time with my niece. So, yeah, she got there just as um, my waters broke naturally all over the floor and labor sort of progressed really quickly. And it's a bit of a blur for me. I have birth notes and photos and my, I had a student midwife the first year that followed my pregnancy, so she wrote me a really good wee book so I can look back because I don't remember that much of it. But um, things yeah. started to get a bit rough. Nellie started getting distressed. And I think probably because of the induction, I'm very sensitive to the hormones that they used. So I was having a lot of contractions that were really long with not much break in between. Um and then she started to sort of come down and they put the scalp clip on her because they couldn't keep the monitors on my belly. I just wanted to move. I wanted to be upright, but they wanted me on my back. Yeah. A bit of a, a bit of a struggle. And so they decided to bring the obstetrician in. She started talking about having to go to theater and that just switched something in my brain where I just pushed I just managed to push properly she moved enough that they were like, oh, okay, no time for theatre. We're going to have to do this here. So they got the forceps and um, I had to have an episiotomy. So they got her head out and one shoulder and then um, she sort of got, she got a mild shoulder dystocia where the shoulder gets stuck in the pelvis. 
Um, I think probably because of the induction, she didn't have enough time to rotate properly to get into the right position to come down. Yeah. Um, and obviously being on your back is the worst position to deliver and it makes your pelvis the most narrow it can be, whereas obviously standing up it can expand a bit more. I remember the pain in my back being horrendous when she was um, coming down. <laughs> God, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and um, as they had the one shoulder out, we heard this like this awful popping noise and I felt it and her cord had snapped. So in all my research oh, of everything, no. I'd never read about cord snapping. It was a thick cord. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. placenta wasn't starting to give up because I was overdue or anything. Um, it had just been wrapped around her chubby little belly, and when they'd been pulling and I'd been pushing, um, it snapped at the placenta end. But because they didn't know where it had snapped, they had to someone manually palped my stomach. I don't know what the maneuvers pulled, and they um, got her out really quickly. But she was quite blue. When she came out, and luckily it was not at her belly end because there was the worry of um, blood loss if the cord had snapped at her end. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but it, was, it must have been under some force because it was a hell of a pop, popping noise that it made. Yeah, wow, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's a new one. <laughs> it surprised all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once she came out, um, they, you know, they had the whole team come in. Anyone who's had a complicated delivery knows there's like a bazillion people come into the room and. Um, they checked her over, gave her a bit of oxygen, and she and she was fine. They brought her over and, and put her on my chest, and the doctor stitched me up, and Connor rung his family. I had to talk to them on video call while the doctor was still <laughs> stitching me up, and I'm trying to feed this baby. And um, But it was amazing. As soon as she touched my skin and was skin to skin, her skin just went from purple to pink. Like As soon as she yeah. was with me, it was really incredible. Yeah, awesome. And you obviously got the placenta out okay. I know you said the cord snapped at the placenta end, but was that um, sort of third yeah. stage okay? They just uh, whipped the jab in my leg. I had a 700 mil um, hemorrhage. As soon as she came shooting out, all this blood came gushing out as well. So they gave me yeah. a um, shot in the thigh to get it out. And I had really yeah. bad afterpains after that as well. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they say you're not meant to get them the first time round. Oh really? Yeah, I um, yeah. I don't often have people talk about the after pains on the podcast, but I think it's important that we sort of do because I think a lot of people go into labour and almost don't realise that you sort of have those after pains. So yeah, it is interesting yeah. if you do get them after your first birth. It's like um, it's like early labour really, and every time you feed, and then when you feed, you can feel the blood gushing out as your uterus contracts to to stop the bleeding. It's um, really interesting. Yeah. After I had Nellie, they took me upstairs to the maternity ward and ah, this nurse came in. She said, I'm just going to feel your belly. And she just pushed my belly so hard with her fist. It was so sore because of the hemorrhage. Um, I had all these blood clots came shooting out. It was, it was awful. And that was all just, I guess, because of the, because of the hemorrhage and, yeah, and how yeah. it all worked. But yeah, it just goes to show all these crazy things happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how did she go at latching on initially while you were in the hospital? She was really good. Um, I had quite flat nipples, which I didn't realize at the other time, uh, at the time, because I hadn't seen a lot of other women's nipples. So <laughs> um, I just assumed mine were normal. They were the size of burger yeah. patties, but they were normal. And um, she latched on fine uh, because she was so chunky and I am quite big boobs she hey we had to do the football hole but my midwife was really awesome at um 
helping me and I was really, really wanted to breastfeed. So literally every time she would want to feed, I would ring one of the midwives on the bell and get them to come and watch. So by the time we got discharged from Christchurch, we had um, a billion different tips and tricks to try every time we came across an issue feeding. Yeah. Awesome. And I know you mentioned that they thought she was going to be a big baby. Did she end up being big? Yes. So she was uh, 4.7 kilos, which is 10 pounds six. Oh, wow. She is a big baby. Yeah. Yeah. She's chubby. Yeah. <laughs> There's no big babies yeah. on my side of the family. They all come from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And so obviously you went home after being in the hospital. How was that? sort of first few nights and, and what were your experiences like breastfeeding and being at home with a newborn? Um, so we, after the hospital, we got discharged out to Ashburton Maternity Ward and I stayed there for two nights. Um, we had that chronic second night where baby wakes up and feeds all the time and I hadn't slept for like 40 hours. But uh, we <laughs> yeah. got feeding under control. I stayed an extra night just to make sure we were feeding properly. We went home and... It was a bit of a shock to the system adjusting to the lack of sleep and she was not a bad sleeper she would sleep three hours right from the start um but yeah it was really good I I really enjoyed it having a newborn having her sleep on me all the time she was so cute and she was so snuggly because she was so chubby <laughs> but yeah it was it yeah. was really good I um she wasn't a relatively easy baby she had an undiagnosed tongue and lip tie um, a posterior tongue tie that is quite hard to spot. So when she got to about four months, she still had all these symptoms. She was still spewing and clicking when she fed and was getting a bit of pain. And because she gained weight, obviously the public system didn't want to know about it, but I went to see a lactation consultant and uh, we paid to have it privately water lasered. And after that, everything was so easy because she was feeding before and I'm very lucky to have a really good supply, but could have easily gone the other yeah. way. So I'm really glad we got, Yeah, we went and got it done. Yeah. Awesome. And what about your recovery physically from birth? How did you find that? I didn't think it was too bad. Um, the week following, we got home, we were home for two days and I developed a fever and, um, oh God, I was pretty sore downstairs. I mean, they had had to cut me. They didn't get a really bad Physiotomy, but it's still a lot of trauma to an area you don't want to yeah, yeah. Um, and I had this horrible cough, and honestly, I thought everything was going to fall out every time I coughed. <laughs> my midwife came to visit, and I had a fever, so I went to my GP, and they actually admitted me back into hospital, thinking that I had a, a uterine infection. But um, after having like four different people inspect my stitches and assure me that everything <laughs> was fine, uh, it turned out we had caught the flu in hospital. <laughs> Um, oh no! So here the three of us are, Connor and I, Slicker's dogs, um, in the in the gyno ward up at Christchurch Hospital, and Nellie never caught it. And everyone who came into our room had to wear face masks. But after we found out it was the flu, I discharged myself. I'd rather be at home and unwell than in a hospital yeah. around more gyms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yeah, and how long? Yeah. Awesome. And how long did it take you to get your period back? Were you still breastfeeding when you got it back or had you stopped? Um, I stopped breastfeeding nearly at 18 months. She probably would have fed until she was five. She had half a chance <laughs> yeah. uh, because we were wanting to conceive again. And my period came back at when she was one. 
but it was um, really wonky cycles. They were really long and stuff. So I stopped breastfeeding her at yeah. 18 months and I got pregnant with Waylon straight away. Oh, wow. Very quick. Yeah. Yes, I stopped feeding yeah. her like the 3rd of March and that, that's that month I got pregnant with him. Oh, we are awesome. really and... lucky that something between yeah. us works really well that makes it easy for us to have kids together. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. That is very lucky. And did you sort of know immediately that you were pregnant or did you miss a period again? Um, I had a bit of an inkling, not as strong of a sense as I did with Nellie, but I suppose I was a lot busier and didn't have time to think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I messed up what my cycle was and I took a test probably three or four days early and it was a really faint line. So like five days I tested every morning and the lines got darker and yeah. We were pregnant with yeah, number two. Awesome. It was a bit of terror, a bit of what the hell have I done? How am I going to cope with two kids? <laughs> but I was like, oh, well, we're in too deep. So <laughs> we might as well just carry on. Yeah. yeah. And did you have many early symptoms this time around? Yeah, it was the same as with Nellie. So I sort of thought it would be a girl, but it was, yeah, exactly the same kind of pregnancy, all the same symptoms, the exhaustion the sensitivities to food, that was really hard because I was doing in-home childcare at the time. So the kids would come with their lunches that would smell really strongly and I'll be like, oh God, (laughs) (laughs) changing nappies. Like it was not flash for those 12 weeks. (laughs) And did you find out this pregnancy, whether you were having a boy or a girl? No, we decided to make it a surprise. He's our last, hopefully. Um, so yeah. we wanted to try see if we could handle having a surprise, and I'm really glad that we did. Yeah, oh, awesome. And did you think that you wanted to go to the birth center this time around, or what were your thoughts around where you wanted to give birth this time? So I had planned a home birth. Um, I'm I really didn't have a great time at the hospital. Not that, not that they were awful or anything, but. Just nobody listened to my wishes and they really just railroaded me into doing what they wanted. And I felt like all the interventions had led to such a complicated delivery, whereas if I had been left, things may not have been as bad as they were. Um, So I talked to my midwife. I had the same one as last time. She's absolutely fantastic. And we decided that we would play it by ear, but at 37 weeks I would start having stretch and sweeps because I obviously have big babies. (laughs) and um, that we would plan to have a home birth. Yeah, awesome. And did you go into labour naturally this time around then? No. So because I'd had a shoulder dystocia for the first birth, um, I had to go up and see an obstetrician at the hospital just for them to say, these are your risk factors, you know. If I was to deliver at home and something bad happens, obviously they have to be able to say, no, we told her those were the risks. She was fully informed of her decision. Um, So I went up to her get up, I'm not having my baby here, you know, told the obstetrician I had such a hard time of it last time, I really don't want to be here again, I'm not silly, I'll come in if things get tough or, you know, as soon as my midwife decides that she's not comfortable with the situation, I'm more than happy to come in, but until that point, I want to be at home. And I had been due to have my iron retested because I get low iron in pregnancy and she looked at my bookwork from Nellie and they thought I had developed preeclampsia with Nellie right right at the end but they never confirmed it so she had an inkling that maybe I had had it with Nellie and my blood pressure was up when I visited her so she ordered some blood they were back that afternoon we drove back to Ashburton went and saw my midwife I wandered down hall to do the wee pee test that you do there for your protein and I got back and she came in shook her head and she's like it's no good 
And I was like, what What do you mean? No good. And she said, you, you've got preeclampsia. And and I sort of laughed her. I thought she was having a bit of a joke with me because I had no symptoms. Mm-hmm. Normally you have um, swelling and headaches yeah. and you get flu symptoms and blurred vision. And I hadn't had anything. I felt great. Other than the fact that I had this giant belly, I was, um, <laughs> yeah, doing really well. So I was sort of like, well, what will they do with me? And, and she said, well, you'll go up there and it'll, you know, obviously depends who's on staff when you get there. And we thought they would do more bloods and see if my, um, liver levels had gotten any better or any worse and then decide. But we got up there, um, after coming home and like hastily installing the car seat because Nelly was nearly 42 weeks. I assumed I was going to be having him um, at Christmas because it was due December 11th, but it was the 22nd of November when they induced me. Um, <laughs> rang my sister, had to organise to drop Nelly off at her place. And yeah, it was just a, a whole rush and it was very, yeah, I feel like it was an out-of-body experience because it was sort of just all happening around me yeah. and I was trying to wrap my head around that I might be having this baby five weeks earlier than I thought. And yeah. um, we got up there. They did an examination, told I had a classic second child cervix, so I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but I was like two centimetres dilated. Um, and then they just decided to induce me then and there. They put the cervidil in and... And that was that. And I went to sleep two o'clock in the morning. I woke up and I was in labor. Oh, wow. And you don't, you didn't use the Syntocin the first time around, did you? No. So the gel obviously works very well on me, I think, is why they probably decided to induce me the same way the second time because that gel can take, I know someone who's had it and it's taken her labor five days. So I'm obviously quite sensitive to it. So. Very lucky in that respect because I think as far as inductions go, I got off very lightly and then that, that was quite a, a gentle way to start labour. So um, I woke up, I rung Connor who was asleep downstairs in the car because your partner's not allowed to stay with you and I wanted him to have some rest not knowing how long this would take. Um, and they put me on the monitor and Waylon was getting quite distressed with the contractions so they whipped me down to a, um, a birthing room. And my midwife and I had agreed because I was feeling very anxious about having to be at Christchurch that if, if it eventuated that I had to be there, that as soon as I was ready for her to come up, I would ring her and she would come um, and she yes. would shut the doors and she would manage everything, which she did. So I got down to the birthing room and they, they came in and doctors and, you know, they're so used to emergencies there. They just want to get your baby out. So they're talking about putting me on a drip and, and breaking my waters and things. So in that time, they'd taken the gel out. They'd had me on the monitor for another half an hour, and he'd come down. So being my second child, I felt comfortable enough to say no. Um, I'd like you to ring my LMC, and I'd like you to discuss it with her, and I don't want you to intervene. She's coming in. Well, you know, as soon as I ring her, she'll come. But because Ashford is like an hour away. <laughs> it's the way to wait now. But they, they said that was fine. She's been a midwife for 11 years in the district, so I guess the obstetrician sort of trust her judgment. And um, so once she got up there, we had rung my sister, who was very, very, very excited. So she was going to be there um, again for my second child. She loves watching people have babies. (laughs) (laughs) 
and she's a fantastic support person. We run a photographer who um, was my student midwife from my first delivery. So she was in her third year. Oh, cool. Nelly was the first, uh, the second delivery she ever saw and what, as a student, and Waylon was the last delivery she ever saw. Oh, awesome. Um, which was, which was, yeah, it was really cool. We've kept in touch over the years, so it's been really nice. Um, and after that, labor sort of progressed pretty smoothly. It, um, I thought it would go as fast as with Nelly. I tried to, I um, had planned to do hypnobirthing, but I hadn't gone to any classes. It was my downfall. I just read the book. And as soon as I got to like really bad contractions and it checked me and um, broke my waters to try and get things moving because of the preeclampsia, they want your labor to go and go quickly and get yeah. the baby out. So she checked me. After she broke my waters, I think it was like four or five centimeters, like an hour or two later, I was only six centimeters, which just crushed me. I felt like I needed to push. Yeah. And that went on for a while. I got on the gas. And I mean, it wasn't that long. It was only a couple of hours. I went into labor at two and I had a mix, um, 10 to 8. So it was not a long labor by yeah. any means, but it feels like forever when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. And so eventually, um, they sort of had a feel around in there and um, realized that he had his head turned the wrong way instead of facing forward, my, yeah, the front of my pelvis, it was facing the side, which means I was getting all of the pressure to push, but I wasn't dilating properly and um, they needed to shimmy his head around to get it out. So the doctor had a hand in there and that was very uncomfortable. I was getting yeah. really overwhelmed with the pain and just, I think, the fear of having to do the same with Nelly or worse, having to have a cesarean. Not that there's anything wrong with them. I'm just, it's not for me. I do not want to have surgery. I don't want to be put <laughs> under or anything. Um, yeah. So she was trying to do that and I just lost the plot. I rolled around in bed like a crazy person. She was this tiny little doctor. I felt like I was going to kick her off the table if she kept her hand in here. <laughs> Um, and it must have been instinct because I rolled around on, on the table like a crazy cave woman, and then he shifted his head, and once he decided to come, he was coming. <laughs> um, yeah. And I remember being like in this head spin of, oh, God, how much longer am I going to put up with this pain? Like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, no, it's happening now. Like, <laughs> And um, so I delivered him on – they put the back of the bed up, and I was on my knees leaning over the back of the bed, uh, it was one of my wishes not to be on my back again. I just really did not enjoy that the first time around. So um, yeah. it was it was harder for me to push him out. I didn't realize how hard you have to work to get a baby out because Nelly, they pulled and I pushed. <laughs> and obviously yeah. they gave me an episiotomy, so everything was gaping for her to come out. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah, so he got out to the top of his head, sort of to his eyebrows, and then he sort of got a little bit stuck. And I remember everyone going a bit quiet and I was thinking, good God, do not get the forceps on me again, even though I was yelling at them to just pull them out. Um, so she had me lift one leg, so I was sort of in this like half squatting position and he had his wee hand on his cheek and that's why he'd gotten a little bit uh. duck. But um, I delivered him myself, I pushed him out and he came squirming out and straight up onto my chest and then they said he was a boy and it was so exciting. It was so cool having waited for that moment and then C was a boy because we yeah. all thought we would have another girl. Um, my yeah. sister was astounded. Connor was just over the moon. And so, yeah, we, he was a boy. We 
settled in. We, I had a shower. The, I felt amazing afterwards, so much better than after Nelly because there was um, minimal blood loss with him, only a tiny little second-degree tear that needed, like, one stitch. So recovery after him was a lot better. With Nelly, I was on some heavy pain meds for a good couple of days, and with him, I had Panadol the first day and nothing afterwards. Um, so then awesome. after, after that, he ended up in NICU. Um, uh, they sent me upstairs to maternity ward, and he was quite purple still. And downstairs, everyone was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's just a bit of bruising because he got stuck. He had first blood vessels in his eyes, the poorly things. I've been pushing so hard to get him out. Um, but one uh, midwife who was quite a bit older, obviously had seen a lot of babies, and she was like, no, that's not normal. I'm getting the pediatrician in here. And they came in, put him skin to skin for an hour, which obviously um, helps with the oxygen saturation and then the blood. So they did that for an yeah. hour, and he didn't come up. So they took him downstairs to NICU. Um, they did a chest X-ray, put him on some nasal prong oxygen, and and he didn't come right with that. So they ended up putting him on the bubble CPAP, which forces humidified air into the lungs. And um, when they'd done the X-ray, they'd found that he had fluid on his lungs, which is they couldn't figure out why. It's a normal thing sort of for cesarean babies who don't get squished as they come out. Um, yeah. And maybe for preemie babies, but. I think that because my first child was nearly 42 weeks, maybe 37 weeks was um, a bit more like 36 for him. And so did you stay in the hospital while he was in the NICU or what did you have to do while he was there? Yeah, so when you have preeclampsia, um, your blood pressure spikes and then drops and then spikes. So mine was a bit high when I was in labour, but as soon as he came out, it came down. But they have to keep you in for three days because apparently the third day is usually when it will spike and get quite bad. So they kept me for three days. Um, And because I was breastfeeding, as soon as he came off the CPAP, I'd been pumping um, that first day with the hospital pumps to get my milk to come in. So as soon as he was off the CPAP, they would ring me every feed and I would go down and feed him. So... Obviously, the harder, one of the hardest things, I think, for babies to get out of the NICU is to be feeding correctly. So they wanted him to be feeding all the time. So once upstairs discharged me, they gave me a room in the NICU ward. So every time I would just go and feed him, and that went on for a good couple of days. He was on nasal prong oxygen. The nurses were just absolutely fantastic with us and with him. They were so amazing. So, yeah, they had him on the nasal prong oxygen and they just really had to gently wean him off. I remember the obstetrician coming around on the rounds and with all the other specialty doctors from the hospital, they do it on a Monday morning and saying, you know, Waylon obviously doesn't really need to be here. Look at the size of him. (laughs) But uh, he's just dragging his heels, so we don't know what's causing this, but he's, you know, just taking his sweet old time to get off his oxygen. So his issue was that every time he would go to sleep and get into a deep sleep, his oxygen saturation would drop. Um, They needed that to stay above a certain level and then eventually they weaned him down such a tiny amount of oxygen they just took it off and and he had to go a good night without it on. Yeah. monitored and then um, we did the car seat test where they leave the baby in the car seat for uh, the length of the drive home pretty much and monitor them to make sure they're not going to have an apnea episode in there and he was fine and... Six days later, they discharged us. Yeah. Awesome. And did you go straight home from hospital after that then? Yes. 
Yeah, we stopped at the mall because we live in the middle of nowhere and there was no shopping <laughs> and I had no newborn yeah. clothes for a smaller baby. I had expected him to exceed his sister's weight. Um, so I yeah. had to grab a few things. So it's just a typical second child. They just get dragged along with everything. So I put him in the rack and <laughs> yeah. we toddled around the mall and, and spoiled Nellie a little bit because she'd been so fantastic over six days of just having her whole world turned upside down, being shunted between family members. <laughs> um, and then, then we headed home and, and settled in. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find adjusting to life with a newborn and a toddler, I guess? Um, it was really good to start with. Nellie really loves him, which is great. Um, her love is quite yeah. aggressive at times, <laughs> but she's too, she's got no impulse control. So yeah. she does love him. It was great. It's, um, it's trialing at times. Wayland's quite an unsettled baby in comparison to Nellie. I think we, we're investigating whether he possibly has some food allergies that are causing me cries quite a bit. And when he's happy, he's happy. And at least he doesn't sleep terribly, but. Um, the crying sort of is, yeah, quite hard for me and, and just giving Nellie all of the attention that she needs. I think every second time mum or third or fourth must feel guilty that, you know, your first child yeah. has had you all to themselves for so long and then here they are, you know, you're trying to deal with the baby and see we heartbreaking if she brings me something she wants me to look at and I'm feeding the baby and I can't get up and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, trying to balance those two things. He um, obviously he doesn't get to sleep on my chest all day like she did. He gets put in his hammock and, <laughs> and so Nellie yeah. and I can go and feed the chickens or do the gardens or cook and I try and keep everything as, as normal as I can for her. But she's she's very good. We're very lucky that she's um, such a relaxed kid. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And how did you go physically recovering from birth? Oh, it was fantastic. Like, highly recommend it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, I didn't realize how bad Nellie's recovery was, how much pain I was in until I had him and I just didn't feel any pain at all. And um, yeah. when Connor and I resumed our marital relations, things were so much easier. With Nellie, it was, you know, a good – We I had scar tissue. It was all those kind of things. We'd take everything really slowly. Um, and with Waylon, everything just healed so fantastically. Yeah. Oh, awesome. You worry and about. Like, you know, everyone talks if you have a big baby, it's going to destroy your vagina and it's going to be ridiculous <laughs> yeah. forever. But I mean, it really doesn't. I think a lot more people need to know that, that that's what your body is designed to do and it, it does it well. Yeah, totally agree. It bounces back. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And are you still breastfeeding? I think you said he was 10 weeks, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm a really big advocate for breastfeeding. I believe it's really important. And um, it's something really special that I had with Nellie. I really enjoy feeding with Waylon. It's been um, more difficult, believe it or not. He doesn't have a tongue tie or a lip tie, but he he doesn't feed to sleep. He's just a different kettle of fish altogether from her, but um, my milk supply is really good. So he feeds really quickly. He's of five minutes each side, if that, whereas Nellie was half an hour each side because <laughs> of her tires. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm still exclusively feeding him, and I plan to feed him probably up until 18 months two years if he doesn't wean himself before then yeah awesome and do you think that your little family is complete with two babies or do you think you want to try for another one one day oh yeah I'm done (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah Connor's done Connor was very done especially in the hospital he doesn't like cities or lots of people so um but yeah you think the Irish are really friendly people he's very friendly but he um just probably prefer to be in the country so 
For me, the more pregnancies I have, obviously, the more complicated it's going to get. With having preeclampsia once, you're probably going to get it yeah. another time. And and I thought when he came out, I was like, oh, maybe I could do that again. But I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe we're young enough. I'm only 26 that in five or six years, if we really wanted another one, we could make it happen. But, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with me today, Eden. I really appreciate it. And I think it's one our listeners will really enjoy. So thank you. Oh, I thank you for having me. I was really excited. I um, can't remember where I saw the podcast, somewhere on Instagram. And and I love hearing other people's birth stories. I'm really passionate about, um, you know, putting it out there and making it normal. So Thank you for doing yeah, what you do. Totally. It's such a cool thing to have. And I wish I wish you'd been around when I was pregnant with Nellie. I would have felt so much better <laughs> about her crazy delivery if I'd heard all these other amazing women crazy deliveries as well. Yeah, well, I'm sure that now your <laughs> stories can help other women. So thank you for sharing. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.